You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Episode 32 of the Brianna Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz. I am joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Uh, good show for you tonight, folks. We're going to go a little bit less uh, NFL heavy. Brought that uh, a lot to you guys in the last episode, obviously, as we normally do uh, the first show of the week. But uh, figure we bring you a second show this week. Touch on a wide range of things. We got the big baller brand hot in the streets. We got Jake Paul knocking out Nate Robinson. Ronnie up to his old tricks, uh, John Wall and Russell Westbrook trading places. So got a lot of hot in the streets topics for you folks tonight. We'll give you a quick, tight show, lead you into your weekend, uh, provide some easy listening for your ears and kind of get you out of the door that way. But first, let me go to my co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are we feeling tonight? Um, I'm, re- I'm rejuvenized and uh, I'm ready to go. Two, two, two shows in one week, I'm ready to do it. He's re- rejuvenated two shows in one week. He's uh, not upset at all about the Monday Night Football debacle. He got to see some sloppy football from the Ravens <laughs> and Steelers yesterday to, to bring him back down to earth. But uh, let's get into today's topics, folks. And now for today's topics. All right, as I mentioned, starting off the Triple Bs, the big baller brand, LeVar Ball has done it successfully, gotten his three sons to the NBA, LiAngelo Ball. Uh, signed a deal with the Pistons. Not sure if it's, uh, you know, guaranteed one year uh, G League, anything, anything like that. But nonetheless, he is signed. I believe it's, it's considered an NBA contract. So him with the Pistons, Lamelo just, just being drafted by Charlotte, obviously in the recent draft. And uh, you have Lonzo and the Pelicans. Uh, LaVar Ball, to me, kind of uh, fell off the face of the earth. Haven't heard from him. Have, hadn't heard from him for a while. Uh, Kind of, you kind of would have thought that with uh, you know Lamelo going through the draft process, he would come back on the ESPN shows, the Fox Sports shows, just making the sports media rounds. But uh, luckily, thank God for my sake, for our ears' sake, he hasn't uh, graced us with his presence in a while. But uh, oh, is this is this an impress is this an impressive feat uh, from the from Lavar to get uh, three kids in the NBA? And uh, are you happy we haven't seen much of him lately? All right, so. Um... From a perspective of, I, I, I've always been a fan of Lavar, really from the jump. I just think he's, been a fan he's of funny. Him. Huge fan. Why? Because he, he would go off and debate Skip or go on Stephen A. Show. I, I just remember him and Stephen A. just screaming at each other, and that was must-watch television. But his shit kind of gets old after a while. No, I think um, I just think he's so like must-see TV that I love it. He's like uh, I put him up there with the Kardashians as far as just. 
off the wall entertainment value. Let yeah. you know anybody else could go up there and say what he says, and it wouldn't be as entertaining for whatever reason that is. Yeah, he's a Kardashian, uh, Kardashian of of the NBA of of professional sports. I would say that's a, that's a good comparison. I just yeah, I mean I I just find it extremely entertaining. So I I loved every minute of of when he was just you know talking trash. No matter no matter what the situation was, he he always felt like he would come out on top or his sons would come out on top. So um, I mean I think for a little bit I, I felt bad for Lonzo. I'm a, I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan, and when he got into the league, it was I just felt like his his dad put a target on his back. Um, you know, just that that's a lot of pressure to begin with coming out of coming out of college. I think number two overall pick. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just that in itself. You know, is going to put a lot of pressure on a on a young man, and you know, then your dad goes on there and says he's going to be. I, I can't even remember the best point guard in the league or a, an NBA champion. I, I can't exactly he was remember. Saying, he was saying everything under the sun. Whatever you can think of, he said it about Lonzo. So, yeah, I mean, from that perspective, you know, I, I think you're not setting your son up for failure, but that's a lot of added pressure that you didn't need. But um, I loved every minute of the entertainment value. And then, and then to go on to, you know, now that all three sons are in the NBA, I think – no matter what, how you feel about Lonzo, I mean that's a hell of an accomplishment. That's that's something you got to tip your cap to. Uh, I don't know if, like behind the scenes, Lavar paid the Pistons to take uh, to take what what which brother is that? Leangelo. He he had yeah. they had to have paid him in, in some form or fashion. <laughs> I mean the, I just, the last we heard of Leangelo, he was at UCLA for like a second. <laughs> he took a trip to China. He stole a bunch of shit with his teammate and then gets kicked off. That sparked the whole, you know, him and uh, Lamelo going to Lithuania to play, and then Leangelo stuck in the states, and then Lamelo goes and plays in Australia, where he's eventually drafted out of. So this shithead is the one that kind of uh, ruined the <laughs> UCLA dream uh, for him, for him and his brother. So I don't, I have no, I mean, I think he might have signed a G League contract with the Lakers at one point. I have no idea if he can play. I, I assume it, this is, you know, going to be a short term thing, but. You know, maybe for his sake, you know, it's it's got to be tough being the third brother, looking at your two other brothers who were drafted, both in the top three. So maybe you know he can carve out a role for himself. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's it's pretty insane to have three kids in the NBA at one time. Yeah, I, I in that perspective, I do feel bad for him. I mean, that's that's easy to become uh, envious of your brothers when you know you're the one that's forgotten about. That's you know I couldn't even remember his name as as sad as that is, but. Um, you know, I, I wish them all luck. I mean, I think, yeah, they grew up in an extremely privileged family and, and, you know, that is what it is, but they can't help that situation. I think all three of those kids are, are good kids that, you know, at least from what I can tell, I mean, obviously you bring up the incident from China. I mean, young, young and dumb, I think, and, and probably feeling a little bit invincible, you know, doing something like that, but, you know, I root for them. Um, you know, I'm of the three, I've always been Lonzo ball through and through. I, I was kind of sad that he left the Lakers, but, uh, you know, Pelicans all day, baby, I guess. I, I mean, I low-key hate his family. Like, it's it, – <laughs> I heard – so I heard that LeVar, like, when he was going on his media tirade and, and rampage and going on first take, going on Skip and Shannon, uh, you know, getting so much airtime on some top sports podcasts, like, I just heard the requests were outrageous. Like, he'd first start with asking for a car service to – taking to the studio, which is reasonable. 
that he'd ask for a limo, that he'd ask for, you know, milk and cookies and just the requests and all this shit just got like <laughs> for him to be, it's like that, that book you read in, you know, when you're in elementary school, if you give him a cookie, he's going to want, you know, X, Y, and Z after that. I just think he's kind of a okay. and uh, I mean, really, really kind of screwed, screwed Lonzo over with the Lakers. I feel like, uh, you know, he got there, it was an absolute circus. And, you know, for that reason, he wasn't really able to thrive there and uh, get a footing within, within that market, which led to obviously him getting traded as, as part of that uh, package for Anthony Davis. But I kind of low-key hate LeVar, but I know a lot of people like him. Hey, man, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, that analogy you made was spot on, though. If you give a mouse a cookie, that's that's actually a lot of people I know, though. You know, I'm not going to take any shots oh. on, on air. but Drop some names. There's, Drop some there's names. a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people in our generation that feel like they're entitled to a lot. But oh, yeah. I, I'm not – you know, that's, that's a different topic for a different day. But um, – do you, would you say you hate the family or you hate LeVar? Like, uh, probably just LeVar. I don't – yeah. Okay, that's I kind of like – I mean, I kind of liked Lonzo on uh, on the Lakers. I was hoping it would it would work out. I was hoping he could kind of be the Robin to LeBron's Batman. I, I do think he has a lot of talent. I think he's really good defensive. I think he's a great passer. I think that shot is absolutely disgusting, though. I know he's worked <laughs> on it the past couple of years. It was pretty gross uh, coming into the season. If he, had, if he had developed a shot, I think he uh, – would have stayed uh they would have kept him over kuzma i think but uh i think he's more athletic talent and, and natural ability than kuzma does but hopefully you know he's obviously still pretty young i think he's younger than us by a couple of years so uh you know hopefully he can develop a shot and uh you know team with zion and, and those guys out there and, and do some damage in the west but yeah yeah i guess i guess yeah it's it's more of a hate for lavar Le- than the actual kids since i really you know obviously they haven't done much to get on my bad side yet i'll say that <laughs> yeah, watching watching uh, Lonzo like his passing ability is, is super. In my opinion, super fun to watch. I think he's like a, a Ricky Rubio 2.0. I mean, Rubio can shoot a little bit, but once again, not a guy that's going to drop you know 25 points a night by by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I, I can. Uh, what's that? No, I was just saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think. Uh... Just the expectation. I mean, just the expectations that were placed on him coming to the league were obviously super unrealistic. I mean, you had sell, people, you know, selling out crowds just to watch him play in the summer league. So uh, I think he was kind of dealt a bad hand. But speaking of Lavar, obviously challenging uh, MJ, telling Michael Jordan he could beat him one on one. Oddly enough, his son gets drafted by uh, Charlotte, uh, the team that that MJ owns. So is that going to be awkward? You know, the first time those two get together. If that if that particular matchup happens, like I don't I don't really care what the amount is, like anything shy of like five hundred bucks, like I want to see that. That's must watch TV, especially if they put mics on them, and they're allowed to just say whatever they want to each other. I mean, I don't really think Lavar has a chance in hell, probably, but I'd love to see it. I agree. I agree. I guess we'll get we'll get to uh, uh, Lonzo's old teammate LeBron. I don't know if you saw this. Le- LeBron signed a two-year, eighty-five million dollar extension, which takes him with the Lakers, uh, which takes him through the twenty twenty-three season. He'll be thirty-eight then. Uh, oddly enough, uh, that is the year that Bronny James, his son, uh, LeBron James Jr., is expected to go to the NBA. I think he'll be done with high school. Maybe he'll be done with his first year of college at that point. Uh, do you think this is a ploy? for LeBron to sign with whatever team uh, his son gets drafted by? I think so. I think I think LeBron and, hey, you know, 
we have our, our different opinions on the Bronze for sure. But uh, I think regardless of who you ask, I think he does love the limelight, the spotlight. So I think, you know, whatever team his son's going to get drafted to, I think he wants to make that a big, you know, uh, that will really be the, the face of, of, uh, of the NBA at that point. And then, you know, him playing with his son at least for one season and then kind of giving him the keys to the whichever team that might be. So, um, you know, they talked about this years ago that, that LeBron's son uh, would be coming into the league and, and then, you know, how would LeBron be exiting the league, that type of deal. I think that's setting that up for, for exactly that. I, I am obviously a, a large supporter of LeBron, but there's one thing that I've never understood about him. He signed for the max, which is like 42 and a half a year, which is absolutely absurd. It shows how ridiculous the cap is in the NBA. It shows how ridiculous uh, their media contract is. Why would he not take like the vet minimum or like maybe 10 million, maybe 20 million a year? Why does he need 40? This guy has more money than God, more investments than God. He has a billion dollar contract with Nike. Why does he currently need to take in or feel the need to take in $45 million when, one, he's not even the best player on his team, you could argue that. And two, if you took less money, maybe half that deal, let's let's put that as, as a reasonable number, you could sign a third star uh, to go with you and Anthony Davis and even further lighten the load uh, on you, LeBron, throughout the, throughout the season. I, I – this might be the most proud moment I have of, of Daniel, and it's on air on this podcast. I love it. <laughs> um, just the fact that he called LeBron out for something is, is glorious. I, I'm right <laughs> there with you. I mean, I say what you want about Tom Brady, but that guy was taking chump change compared to LeBron. You know, yeah. even after he won six chips, LeBron only has four championships if you look at it that way from from a goat perspective. But you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, I I think even if he took 25 million, I'd have a little bit more respect than. Yeah. You know, does he really need 42 million? Hell no, he doesn't need 42 Hell million. Hell no. Um, but it's probably, you know, I, LeBron, I mean, even the, the late great Kobe, you know, Melo, those guys have, regardless of what you feel about them, they, they have huge egos. And, and that's just the fact of the matter. I, I think probably he sat down, he said, you know, I'm LeBron James, give me the max. And, and that's what, exactly what they did, just because they, they know he's gonna sell jerseys, you know, possibly win another championship or two for them, and and they're just gonna say, you know, it's LeBron. I'm not gonna let him walk. So, uh, at the end of the day, that's it's just not that's stupidity in my opinion to to take that much money at this stage of your career, especially just just the fact you bring up all the uh, off the court, um, you know, all the money he makes off the court. I mean, the endorsements that are, they're never ending for him. Um, too coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll be a billionaire. There's no, there's no. I, I don't know if he's there yet, but I think he's yeah, very I'm not close. Sure. If not, he's very close. I know. I know. He talked about you know potentially running a franchise then after he retires, which I pray to God he just goes away. But I don't think he will. <laughs> um, but regardless there's a, of that, there's a better chance of the sky falling than that happening. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah. You bring up a good point. I mean, he he didn't need to take that money. He did. Regardless of that, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, the, this coming season with that, with that team and, and with their, their cap situation. But it seems like they're kind of moving players around a little bit to, uh, to adjust to, you know, make another title run. And after, after LeBron signs that deal, as we just mentioned, uh, the next day, I believe it's today, the day we're recording is Thursday. Uh, Anthony Davis, his boy, signs a five-year deal for the Max. Uh, Anthony Davis is a guy who – and I'm going to make this weird comparison, this weird analogy. 
You ever see the show Prison Break? Uh, Prison Break on Fox, by chance? I I do. I don't remember it too well though. All, all good. There's this one character who is like, I, I guess, kind of like the guy who schemes and like sets up the gangs and sets up the mischief. Gets like gets all the the products for you you need in there and and he has a guy who's like on his back pocket there's always the thing they say you know in prison that the guy you know pulls out the back pocket and jeans usually the weaker guy of of the prison kind of follows him tails him around I think Anthony Davis is in LeBron's back pocket that's just sort of how I view this relationship uh if there's ever been a guy who is profiting off of sort of the greatness of LeBron and riding LeBron's coattails to me it's Anthony Davis it's a shame because as I just mentioned, I think Anthony Davis is probably a better player than LeBron is. And, uh, but, but, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I guess tonight I'm just being super objective about LeBron and setting bias aside right. for the first time in my basketball uh, and, Le- and LeBron fandom. But uh, yeah, I think he, pro- you know, he had the chance to go anywhere, but he's going to probably, you know, ride in those coattails for uh, two or three more years. And then LeBron's going to leave him for Bronny and then probably leave the Lakers in a shitty spot because Rich Paul is going to force all of his clients to go to, uh, wherever LeBron goes. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I I definitely don't disagree with what you're what you're going with there. Um, I think from that perspective as well. I mean, Anthony Davis is one of those guys who was in New Orleans for for a good many years. Um, you know, so a light bulb went off in his head and said, "I can't do this losing stuff anymore. Uh, get me out of here." So yeah, I think he kind of made the best of his short term situation. I don't know if I would have signed for five years in LA. I probably would have signed. You know, maybe another two, three years, three years max. Right. And, and just because I don't know where that franchise will be moving forward, they've kind of struggled. Um, really, ever since Kobe retired up until last season, they were not very good for a while there. So well, for a couple seasons. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think Anthony Davis probably is is living it up in L.A. That's a lot of play, a lot of people want to go there just for the. Uh, the spotlight and for the uh, the lifestyle out there in Beverly Hills and Los Angeles and, and everything that comes with that. So, you know, maybe he's a lot happier there than obviously, you know, down there in the swamp in New Orleans where he was for a while. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe, I mean, he got his chip. It's not like he's going to retire winless uh, like probably Carmelo will. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just look at it like, you know, he he's, he's living his life. He's not doing bad. And then, Obviously, he gets the max on the contract, so you know he, regardless of what happens, he he'll be all right. Yeah, he'll have to be all right. Uh, I don't know if uh, your boy Russ Westbrook is going to be all right. Another bombshell, another Woj bomb coming out of the NBA. I guess this is sort of an NBA-centric show now. But John Wall, uh, Russell Westbrook trading places, traded for each other. John Wall obviously going to Houston to pair with James Harden. Russell Westbrook going to DC. I think to play with Scott Brooks, who coached him in Oklahoma City. I believe Scott's still there. Also, they have Bradley Beal as well. Uh, kind of a weird trade. I don't think anyone really saw this coming. There were reports behind the scenes that uh, James Harden preferred uh, John Wall over Russell Westbrook, which is interesting to me, uh, considering John Wall's coming off an injury. I was telling Aaron off, yeah, we really haven't seen much of John Wall the past year, uh, year and a half. Uh, Russell Westbrook, obviously. Uh, we don't think that, you know, James Harden pairing really worked out the second time around uh, this past year. Obviously, you saw when they lost to the Lakers in five games, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook was pretty ineffective, missing a lot of open shots, missing a lot of threes. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, as, as James Harden is a primary ball carrier, that really doesn't leave much room for 
um, Russell Westbrook to, to really have a hand in it. But what do you think of this trade? And uh, I guess, you know, where do you see the Rockets, I guess, going, you know, going from here? Yeah, I, I by no means was I prepared for, for a trade like that. I mean, I think, you know, John Wall was one of those guys that, that seemed like he wanted to make D.C. a, a winner at, at some point in his career. I mean, I think um, they would have had to surround him with a couple more pieces. But I think it's really interesting. I think if he can stay healthy, I think um, the the Rockets could be a threat as long as James Harden doesn't walk out on him like he's trying to, it seems like. But, um, yeah, I, I, from that, from the perspective of John Wall uh, to, to, the, uh, to the Houston Rockets, I, I like it. I think. You know, you, ha- you know what you have with Russell Westbrook at this point, a, a guy that's going to jack up a million shots. You know, um, not to say he- he's a bad player by any means. I, sh- I was telling Dan off air, it's just not like a winning formula the way he plays. I just don't think it's it really works, um, you know, from a getting a championship or anything close to that anymore with him. So I think James Harden gets a, a fresh piece. I think they could work a lot better than, you know, what he did with with Russ and Russ going to the Wizards, I don't I don't really think the Wizards have much other than Bradley Beal and now and now what you have with Russell Westbrook um, probably you know I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs. I, I think they definitely could, but I don't see them making like a huge title run or or conference semifinals or anything close to that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of excited to see John Wall in Houston. I think that that'll be a cool. Uh, Cool thing to watch. I'm a big John Wall fan. Uh, I just think he needs to stay healthy and, and be on the court to make an impact, obviously. Speaking of John Wall, you know who actually also signed in, in Houston? Boy, Boogie Cousins. Reuni- reuniting with his guy from Kentucky. There you go. Hey, that might work. You talk, you talk about college basketball teams. You talk about, you know, the most exciting ba- you know college basketball teams the last 15 years. I feel like that team with – uh, Bledsoe, Cousins, uh, John Wall probably has to be up there in terms of excitability. But the, they all came out as, I want to say, freshmen, I think. They all left after one year. That Yeah, that yeah. was like, – I don't think they won that year. I, I, I forget. I, that was my, like, 09, maybe 2010, 2011. I think we were in high school at that point. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the, the John Wall dance came out. Boogie Cousins was dominating. Everyone on the floor looked like mini Shaq. That team is gotta be one of the most exciting teams in in my college basketball memory that that I can think of. Yeah, that those Kentucky teams for a while there were just the recruiting classes they were getting in were just ridiculous. It was it's kind of like similar to like an Alabama type style. Not, they didn't win as much, but like they were just the talent on those teams was unreal, unreal. Unreal. Uh, you know, it's also unreal. Nate Robinson got knocked the fuck out on Saturday by Jake <laughs> Paul, by a YouTuber. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, Aaron. Uh, obviously pretty embarrassing if you're a professional athlete in Nate Robinson to get knocked out by a, uh, you know, YouTuber. I mean, to be honest, if you look at the weight class, look at the metrics, uh, look at the age, Jake Paul is younger, probably a little stronger, probably weighs more, probably a little faster than Nate Robinson. So it kind of makes sense. Uh like that Nate Robinson did get knocked out, but the entire basketball universe was was up in arms and going insane about this on Saturday. Did you happen to catch this knockout? Yeah, I saw I saw the playback. I, if I would have seen that live, I, I might have fell out of my chair. But um, I think yeah, Nate I, Robinson's still down. <laughs> it, question is, like, how much is that hospital bill then? Because I mean, he might be in a coma for all we know. 
that's like – I mean, he had a tweet like before the game uh, – not, not the game, Jesus Christ. Before the match, <laughs> I guess, boxing match, I guess you call it before the fight. I should just say that. Uh, he was like, you know, doing this for my NBA family, my family, my kids. Like, how do you go back to your house and, like, look your kids in the eye and be like, hey, yeah, I just lost and got knocked out on national television to, like, a 20-year-old white YouTuber? <laughs> yeah, I don't – I don't – that's a tough pill for him to swallow. Um, you know, I've always liked Nate Robinson. I think that guy overachieved his whole life, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Up until this point. I mean, if that's how he's remembered, that's that's just purely unfortunate. I don't – he doesn't deserve that. He's a – seems like a good guy, too, so. That's how I'm going to remember him from now on. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> hey, say what you want about Jake Paul, but – that man, like, if I'm getting in a bar fight, I'm, I'm finding that guy. I'm finding I, I don't care where he's at. I got to pull him out. If he's, a, if he's asleep, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning somewhere and, and I'm in, a, in the street and I'm getting jumped, I'm, I'm pulling that guy out, giving him a call, doing whatever it takes. I mean, that guy rocked his ass. Dude, I, it, like, I, like I said, he's bigger, he's younger, he's faster. Like, I don't even – what is the benefit of taking that fight if you're Nate Robinson? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? I think, I think he – I don't. Here's like how popularity. I yeah, I think I think he was kind of doing it for fun, and from that, you know, looking at it that way. But I think all you know, if you're Nate Robinson, all you got to do is not get knocked out. I think even if you would have lost on a decision, that would have been like whatever. I mean, like neither of them are boxers, but right. I hats off to Jake Paul. I mean, that guy must have prepared. I mean, regardless of who you're fighting, like even if it's a uh, someone much tinier, I think to knock someone out cold, like that's. I don't think that's easy to do. I, I can't say I've ever been in a fight, but hey. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, Aaron fighting Jake Ball would be uh, an absolute gong show. <laughs> that's good. I'll tell you one thing. I will do everything in my power not to get knocked out, at least. Yeah, I, I might anyway. I might anyway, but I will try as hard as I can. Worst possibly. case scenario. That's that's. If that happens to me, like you'll you'll probably never. I, I'll move to Montana, change my name, go off. <laughs> media accounts and just disappear for the rest of my life i mean i wouldn't be surprised if we never hear from nate robinson again <laughs> for the rest I, of his life for the rest of my life i'll never hear the name nate robinson said on tv ever again i think uh i think if you're nate robinson at this point you gotta you gotta like get back in there and, and fight somebody else like as as crazy as that is oh wow you you got to fight, like, I'll, I'd pay to see Kevin Hart and Nate Robinson. I hope Kevin Hart gets rocked because I think – That'd be a good – that'd be a good matchup. I, I think Kevin Hart's one of the most annoying people on this planet. So, right, so, I'd so love me, that's a good matchup. So, which which athlete goes in the ring next with either Jake or Logan Paul? He was challenging, <sighs> he was challenging uh, Conor McGregor, Jake Paul was, which would be oh. insanity. Dude, Jake Paul – Jake Paul would end up with – you know, and I, I hate to say this word on, on the air, but, like, I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but, but Jake yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if we can say, say that on the airwaves. But, uh, yeah, he would uh, he would be seeing stars. I mean, there have been a couple of hockey players who were challenging Logan Paul. I, I think yeah. that would be pretty funny. I think NHL players would absolutely demolish the Paul brothers. Uh, I don't know if basketball is a sport that correlates the best to boxing, maybe NFL does, but NHL for sure translates pretty well. I, I got one for you. I got one for you. Hit me. What about uh, Justin Verlander versus Jake Paul? Justin Verlander would get knocked out. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> and then Jake Paul would go off with uh, Kate Upton. Oh, my God. That would be a 
lose oh, yeah, lose his yeah. family, loses loses like humanity. I don't know, lose his career. Like, yeah, he would he'd get knocked out. I I just because I hate Justin Verlander. I don't know. <laughs> I would pay to see that. I would. Him and uh, Jake Paul and Jose Altuve. That's a good one. That, as much as uh, as much as I don't like the the Astros and and Altuve, I know was right in the middle of that. For some reason, I can't hate that guy. For some reason, he's just one of those people. Why? Because so, he's short. I think so. I think most short people I just root for because I feel like they're overachievers. Like if you make, especially if you make like, I mean MLB, obviously that that's a huge achievement as well. But if you make the NBA, like Nate Robinson has done nothing wrong up until this point, so I can't, I can't hate on the guy for getting knocked out. You know, I just feel bad for him, honestly, at that point. Like, I think I think it should be, like, Jake Paul, Steph Curry, because Steph Curry's such a nice guy. I'd love to see him just get rocked. Like, I don't know why. I just think <laughs> that would be hilarious. I, I hate Steph. I don't know why. <laughs> I like Clay. I feel bad for Clay. obviously, uh, you know, tearing the Achilles or tearing the ACL, whatever he just tore. I, I, I feel bad for him. I thought they were going to have a good season. I just hate Russell Westbrook. I hate Draymond Green. I hate the Warriors, but I like Clay. I don't know. I feel like he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like it's hard to hate Clay. He's just, he's just hard to hate. I mean, I he, he, he's a guy that during the playoffs will open up a Bud Light, talking to the media in his press conference, like sipping on Bud Light and just shooting the shit with the media. Like a guy like that, you're you're pretty good in my book. You know, <laughs> when when you get into the weeds like Steph and you know your wife's on Twitter defending you or your Draymond Green kicking people in the dick, you, you kind of lose my respect. But I do like Clay. But yeah, let's uh, let's move over to the NFL. Uh, we'll we'll finish up here with this last topic. I don't know if you, uh, I'm sure as a, as an Eagles fan, you saw this. But Monday night, uh, this came out um, yesterday or the day before that Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, went up to DK Metcalf uh, before the game and said, "Hey, DK, I was the head coach for Calvin Johnson uh, back in the day, back when he was tearing up the league. By the way, my friend, you are no Calvin Johnson. You probably will never be." Something to that effect, and paraphrasing, of course, uh, DK Metcalf says thanks. Uh, goes out to hang 10 catches for a buck 50 on him uh, and absolutely destroys his secondary, destroys Darius Slay. Uh, as an Eagles fan, how do you feel about uh, Jim Schwartz making that comment pregame to DK Metcalf? Yeah, so obviously not not in Jim Schwartz's best interest um, whatsoever to, to make a comment like that, especially when – when he knows um, the best corner we have is uh, Darius Slay, who's who's solid, but not like you know he's no Darrell Rivas by any means, and, and no, he never will be. So um, as far as you know, just more um, outlandish things from the Philadelphia Eagles this year, uh, more you know just absolute stupidity. You know, there, there's no other way to put it. Just um, you know they 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 push all the wrong buttons, and then they push the right buttons for other teams. So I. Just, just it sums up 2020. It sums up the Eagles as a franchise right now. Um, yeah, just, just stupidity. And then obviously Metcalf went in, torched him again for this. You know, the two games he's played against us, he's torched us each time. So uh, Jim Schwartz, I think, you know, then he he spoke to the media uh, yesterday. He said he was trying to pay Metcalf a compliment because uh, he was trying to, you know, in some way compare him, at, you know, to a guy that an all-pro Calvin Johnson, but, I mean, I think Metcalf's on his way to, to becoming maybe not Calvin Johnson level, but, you know, one of the better, you know, players in this league and one of the better receivers already, I would say. 
But uh, he said, Jim Schwartz, um, Jim Schwartz, this is a quote right from from the, the horse's mouth. He said, in my mind, it's a little bit funny. Anytime you even speak someone's name as the same sentence as Calvin Johnson, I don't know how you would take offense to that. So... <laughs> Once I mean, again, I, don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't take offense. He literally said you're no Calvin Johnson. I don't know how you wouldn't <laughs> take offense to that. <laughs> I I can't imagine, like, the defensive meetings. He's probably he's probably saying to Darius Slay, by no means are you Darrell Revis, but, like, you're, you're – <laughs> you know, it's like this guy – just the whole organization lacks – What a motivator. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I was DJ Metcalf, I would have probably said, yeah, and – I remember you were the coach of Detroit for like two, three years, and then you got fired. Probably, that's probably what I would have said, uh, and then kept it moving. But anyways, yeah, that's just more stupidity. More stupidity. Uh, and the last but not least, our, we, I think we had to talk with RG3, uh, throwing up just a gigantic clunker in a 19-14 to 14 loss to the Pittsburgh. whole game was terrible, in my opinion. We saw some Trace McSorley. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Big Ben and his rece- I mean, Big Ben's receivers dropped like I shit you not, 65 passes. The one guy, <laughs> Deontay Johnson, legitimately dropped like five himself. I swear to God, it might be four or five passes. Sloppy game all around in Pittsburgh. Uh, well, we did get an RG3 sighting. What did you think of his performance? And uh, we can sort of get into RG3's career arc and sort of his fall from grace. But what did you think of RG3's performance? Yeah, I think uh, I think. RG3 is a shell of himself, to say the least. Um, I think he did make, what, one one pretty lengthy run on uh, on the Steelers' defense. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from, you know, the Steelers' defense is, is one of the elite defenses in this league. Um, you know, you're playing in Pittsburgh. That's that's very, very cold place to play, very hard place to throw the ball for a, a ton of yards. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's it just – you know, he's very inaccurate at times, um, kind of looks skittish out there, hasn't played a game in, in quite some time. I couldn't even tell you the last time he played a – started a game in this league. So, um, yeah, I just didn't have much – didn't have much in the tank. I, I wasn't really surprised by that. I was kind of rooting for, for RG3 a little bit just because I used to be a big fan of him when when he was actually, you know, somewhat good. Um, but, yeah, not not impressive, I think. At best, he's a backup in this league. I'd probably take once again your your boy Joe Flacco. I mean, he's oh, yeah. proving to be the backup in this league right now, the backup. Yeah, how about RG three just coming out of nowhere, coming into our lives, winning a Heisman, stole from Andrew Luck, going down first year with the Redskins, uh, winning the Rookie of the Year again, stealing it from Andrew Luck, and then just leaving our lives for good. Just just quite the one to two year stretch for a guy like RG three. Yeah, um, kind of. I don't know. I, I do feel, I do feel bad for him. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, one one injury can really uh, tear apart a career. I think in college he was one of the, another one of those guys where he was just running past everybody, throwing past everybody, and then, um, you know, the NFL is is the league that it stands for not for long. So, um, you know, it, it'll definitely catch up to you as far as. You know, from a physicality standpoint, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to hold up well long-term if he continues to play the way he does. Right. Um, it's just one of those things. I mean, those guys are stronger, faster, and, and more physical at the at the NFL level. And, you know, it's very unfortunate to see. I, I think RG3 probably, you know, if, if he is the competitor I, I know he once was, it, it probably tears him apart 
mentally just because he at one point he had so much talent and so much to give to this league and now you know he can't even come in and and really be a, an effective backup which is just sad it. to see so can't do it um well you know who can do it this podcast can another great show aaron uh before we leave on shit why don't you take us home and, and take the listeners into the weekend yeah I, I checked the nfl schedule there's a there's a couple games that stand out i think the the cleveland tennessee game will, will be one that might be uh might be a nail biter um see if cleveland can show up but uh, i think the running game and both of those on both of those teams will be effective most likely um, other than that, you know, not not too too much going on, but definitely wanted to come at you guys with a, another show this week. Oh yeah, kept it light, kept it fresh. Uh, appreciate you, Aaron, as always, and why don't we take it. Home.